Just open open us up, Sarah, then say Sean and I recorded an interview with Whitney Seibold yesterday and uh Whitney Seibold. Whitney Seibold. Whitney Seibold. Whitney Seibold. 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 Whitney Seibold. Not bald. He's not bald. He might be bald, but he's not bald. Say it like that in the interview. I was like, wait, did I say that right? And he just kept talking, so I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. That was a great interview. Whitney. It was a lot of fun. Okay, Whitney Seibold. Seibold? Yes. Seibold. 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 Side Seibold. 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 Welcome to Afterlife episode 42. It's already a crazy episode. I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm your host, Sarah. With me, as always, to pick on me and make fun of me, you know, Mike. Hello, Mike. Yeah, I'm always here to pick on you, little sis. <laughs> Actually, I think Mike's the nicer, bigger brother. Wow. Sean is mean to <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hello, always, Sean. How are you? <laughs> also younger. I'm the little brother. Thank you very much. Little brother. Because um, oh. yeah, I'm not. I'm not okay. I just watched Marriage Story and. <sighs> but at least we have Claire Light to talk about. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm fine. Silence for Sean. I, uh, I closed Twitter. I'm no longer looking at Adam Driver crying, and I'm I'm okay now. <laughs> Oh. Just think about that. Okay, Sarah. so what's think about what's that. a start to cry too? What's a better? I've already did. What's a better movie for December? Marriage Story or Star Wars? What's it going to be? Uh, I haven't seen Star Wars yet. I can't. I know, but what's it? You have to pick. What's it going to be better? But I can't. But I can't. You have what's to. What's going to do better financially? No, no. What's his performance? What performance? Oh, he's um, uh, Marriage Story. But yeah. I'll love him in Rise of Skywalker too. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, anyway, <laughs> he's one of two leads in Marriage Story. He gets more time. Yeah, that's true. He probably gets more to do, but yeah. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Make Kylo uh, in the lead, you cowards. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> we are covering this week, so December 2nd to today, the 6th of Collider Live, shows 273 to 277. Um, Josh McCuga, oh my gosh, he's back. He was back for three days. It was, it was yeah. great. He brought so much energy that I forgot. Like, it's like a different energy. You know, yeah. in the room with him. I don't know. Um, I think the saddest thing is when he brought up all the hate he gets on Reddit, which I, I do not understand. Like, Hang I on a second. love him. Here, uh, here's something you need to understand, Sarah. Reddit is a cesspool. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I've never been the, on Reddit, so that's it, why. No, Reddit, the reason everybody hates him on Reddit is because Reddit doesn't like anything. Mm. Reddit is the worst place in the world, and honestly, uh, uh, if there were to be a purge, knock out Reddit. I frequently oh. post on Reddit, so. I was gonna say, I do I'm the same as well. I, uh, no, I love Reddit. Reddit's great. I just, I feel like even when you love Reddit, you acknowledge that Reddit's the fucking worst. That's true. I, I agree with uh, that. Hmm. It's just, yeah. Well, you know. I don't know. I've never been on Reddit, but I love It's a fun place. You should go there. Uh, no, yeah, it of, sounds terrible. Lose your, hum- lose your humanity. 
<laughs> I get offended too easily and get upset with people like with stupid opinions. So you I don't a... think I. Oh, well. with stupid opinions, me on the Star Wars subreddits. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, <laughs> whenever people disagree with me, I get very angry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mike posted um, an article that made me. Mm. Yeah, I did. Now, I was not a fan of your uh, source there, Mike. Bounding into yeah. comics. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of that. Uh, calling him out. Bounding into comics is like a really shitty website to begin with. That's not the first time I'd, I'd seen them. They're Ooh. like, Get they're em. like, well, okay. they're like, is Call feminism out. destroying Hollywood? Like, that's the kind of articles that they post. Like, mm-hmm. like, did feminism kill Avengers Endgame? Like, we're not saying it did, but it did it. And it's like, oh, you know what you're doing. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a fan of that website. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you what are, are we talking fan? about. You are a fan uh, of Josh Bakuga, right? <laughs> was I'm a it... massive fan of Josh Bakuga. Were you writing the subreddits? Was I was you? actually. It's all. <laughs> <awesome. laughs> Secrets out. We knew it. Uh, How dare yeah, you? Great to have him back. We also had Roka was on Tuesday's show for a little bit. Roka's always fun. Um, Mark Ellis popped in. Which went Makuga on Wednesday's show, which was great. <laughs> they were all cracking me yeah. up. Um, and then we had Emma Fife on Thursday on her Collider Live debut. Yeah. Former, former guest. Former guest. We had her first. Oh, yes. snap. Oh, yes. my God. We did have her yeah, first. Didn't we? We yes, had we her did. First. We had her first. Woo, awesome. Um, tweet about that. Got a tweet. And then we had uh, Ken Knapsack at the very end. Of Thursday's episode. Yep. Um, I love all these people. Bring them back. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just bring them back more. And then some like actual like interviews and stuff we have. Chad Michael Collins was there talking about the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare, which I got in a fight with my husband about because Ooh. I was like, yeah, they had this guy on Collider Live from the new Call of Duty uh, game that's coming out. And he's like, there's not a new one coming out. It just came out. I said, no, no, yeah. no, there's a new one coming out. Like, no, I, it already came out. Yeah, well, I didn't know that. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, no. And I was like, no, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm a hundred percent right. You're stupid. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. So then I like looked it up and it was like 2019 and it was Modern Warfare and it was the game that he was playing at that moment. And I was like, uh. <laughs> so I looked at him. I'm like, you're right. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, I know. I was like, okay. Uh, but that was a great interview, and I loved him talking about like yeah. how they actually do like the mocap share. Yes, the motion capture. Yeah, I had no. I mean, I don't yep. know anything about video games, but I had no idea that they actually do that with video games. So I was like, oh, that's a so lot of cool. Do that now. Yeah, that's, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, he is awesome in the new Call of Duty game. He made me cry, and I've never that's cried in a heard. Call of Duty game before. Like Call of Duty games usually not very good. Uh, the yeah. story, at least, they're pretty over the top, cheesy eighty action movies. This last one was like very good. It was very like dark and gritty and real. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, he's talked about it on the show, so I feel like I can talk about it here. Uh, his death in in the show or in the game was like, ah, uh, because he plays him. He's like the player character for a lot of the game. It's him and one other character. Um, 
so you play as him throughout the game and then you just you watch him give his life to save other people and you're like oh no i liked you alex so mm. rip chad michael collins is alex hopefully he comes back i'd he brought up the theory about maybe alex's ghost and that is also a theory that i had thought of so who knows modern warfare 2 maybe he's back mm. yeah neither you, neither you guys care about this sorry <laughs> No, I mean, I my I was asking my husband about it because he's playing the game, and he said yeah. he hasn't bought a Call of Duty game in a few years because they just put one out, like, every year, and yep. he said they're not very good. He said this they're is not. the first one, um, and he's really enjoying it. He doesn't play, like, the actual story as much right now because I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know anything about video games, but yeah. I'm learning. But Yeah, he, but he, really, he really likes it, and he said it's really good, so I believe him um but i really liked that interview i thought it was it was fun and then today they had aaron taylor johnson and his wife uh sam taylor johnson and they were talking about their movie a million little pieces um and okay so do you guys know what the controversy with the book was no or... idea. Oh, okay i'm lazy and didn't look it up but uh oh, cool. no no i don't i i, I thought okay. It was, I, I, I did look up the book. I, I do recognize the book because I did see that previously mm-hmm. before, but I never read it personally. But I was like, oh, they finally made it into a, a movie now. So, ah, uh, so the large parts, familiar. large parts of the stories were later found to be exaggerated or fabricated. Is it, uh, it, it's a real, it's a nonfiction? It was marketed as, so it was originally sold as a memoir. And then later marketed as a semi-fictional novel. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, this book. That's what I. Re- that's what I read about. Yes, that's the one. Yep. Oh. Okay. Yes, I do remember that. Hmm. All right. Will you guys check this movie out? <laughs> I don't. Uh. Well, is it on on demand? It's it's out now. Apparently today. So. Yeah, hang on. I'm gonna go on Voodoo right now. I was actually interested in what they said. So first of all, let's look up. A million little, what is it? A million little pieces. 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 Um, Which there is that show on ABC. That's yeah, here it is. Thing. All right. Uh, so. I will not be checking it out. It has a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Hmm. You don't watch movies that have a low score? I don't. I, I watch them. I don't prioritize them. Mm. Uh, uh, there's already okay. so many other things. Like I haven't seen Ad Astra yet or Hustlers. So like, right. I'll watch those before I watch a million little pieces, but I'll get around to it because I did like the idea from what they were talking about. It's mm-hmm. interesting, but it's said twenty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes is not encouraging. I, I gotcha. What did you think of the interview? What was that? What did you think of the interview? I mean, it was an interview. They had okay. to talk about how great the movie was. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or how the filming like, was. Well, I never really believe them when they're interviewing guests oh i Um, always believe them i'm always like wow they loved every movie that they see well i mean they said that 19 or not 1917 sorry um what's the one that roland emmerich just came out with midway Uh, midway they were like they were like what an amazing movie and like i mean well they had they had to butter up the guests they might butter up the guests they're buttering the guests up with just saying that I don't, I don't like blame them. That's their job. Yeah. When you've got the guess, you can't be like, yeah, it kind of fucking sucked. <laughs> I just mean like, I don't take everything that they say 
I, I take more of value from what they say when the guest isn't there and they're talking about it mm-hmm. than when the guest is in the room with them because they gotta they gotta get these guys back. They want Aaron Taylor Johnson to come back if he's ever back in the MCU. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. or if Charlie Hunnam does anything, they want him to come in. Or David Dismalchin, yeah. they want him to come back. Like literally right. any of these people. They want, they don't want it to be like, they don't want David Dosmolchin when Ant-Man 3 comes out to be, to call up Aaron Taylor Johnson and be like, hey, how was the interview? You know, although he's yeah. already been on. So I, maybe Charlie Hunnam, you know, if he does something, uh, and he calls up Aaron Taylor Johnson, he's like, yeah, these Collider people want to do an interview. Uh, how were they? And then if Aaron Taylor Johnson's like, yeah, they talked shit about my movie to my face. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, they yeah, can't, yeah. they can't do that. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I'm, I'm looking at the cast list for a million little pieces. Uh, David Wallace is in the movie from The Office. Huh? Who? David Wallace, da- da- you know, David Wallace from The Office. Uh, Who do you play in The Office? David Wallace. I don't know what that means. He played David Wallace. He was the president, mm-hmm. of, the vice president of Dunder Mifflin. Oh, yes, 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 yes. His real name is Andy Buckley, but nobody was going to know what I was saying if I said Andy Buckley. I still didn't know what you were saying. I know. (laughs) I'm like, who? So big. Who is Andy Wallace? David Wallace. David Wallace. You combine both names together. You remember remember him, Sarah? Uh, um, I feel like this is... Oh, yes, 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 yes. What did yes. you think I was doing to you? I don't, I don't know. Uh, moving on. Okay. Um, speaking of interviews, we had our own interviews. Yes, I definitely did forget the cut to this. You know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. No, this is perfect. This is the perfect place to throw it in. We're talking about interviews. This is yes. great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it. Just do it like this. Yes, it's perfect. Okay. Just leave it. Yep. We okay. had an Let's interview right. with. Whitney Seibold. Hopefully I said the name right. Um, and we're going to cut to that right now. Hey guys, it's Sarah and Sean here. And today with us, we have Whitney Seibold. Hello. Hello. It's so good to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I'm just going to ask you a quick jump into it. Let's just jump into it. Uh, how did you get started as a film critic? Oh, I, I started to become like properly obsessed with movies. Like actually started paying attention to movies. I think relatively late in my life compared to like what a lot of film geeks talk about. A lot of film geeks say, Oh, they were like three years old when they saw the magnificent Ambersons for the first time and it opened up their mind. And, or, you know, if, if, if they're horror fans, it's like I was four and I saw the shining and I'm like, wow, what irresponsible parents. And, um, Oh no. <laughs> no, I, I watched movies as a kid and I had a lot of movies I liked as a kid, but I wasn't really a movie kid, uh, okay. until I started, uh, working at a movie theater. Um, uh, my sister it hooked me up with my very first job. It was at a movie theater called The Criterion uh, in Santa Monica, California. It's no longer there. It's been turned into a Victoria's Secret. But, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, or no, excuse me, it was a Brookstone. Then it was a Victoria's Secret. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that's that's even more pathetic somehow. Yeah, it's a little, a little sad. <laughs> yeah, but um, when I started like seeing how many movies were coming out and talking with my coworkers about you know just about movies and about obscure supporting actors and older films, I started to realize that this is really fun. I love just sort of talking about movies and analyzing them. 
And given that I was working in a movie theater, I could just start seeing whatever I wanted for free. Mm. So if you want to grill me on films that came out from like 1995 to 1999, I probably saw them all like in that brief period <laughs> because I was working in a movie theater. It didn't matter wow. what it was. Didn't matter if it looked good or bad. I could see it because I wanted to be part of the conversation. And, uh, through that, I started to learn about how little I had seen as well. A lot of my coworkers gave me a lot of crap for, you haven't seen XYZ. And no, of course I hadn't seen XYZ. So um, I started to catch up with some older movies. I started to read some older reviews. And I realized uh, – and the, I went away to college and majored in theater. But I realized there that I was actually much more adept at talking about movies than I was at majoring mm. in theater. So I moved back to L.A. I started, I just started to get deep into the movie business. And uh, while I was in college, I started up my very own movie blog when that was kind of a novelty. And uh, it's it, I've been a critic ever since, really, on and off. Did you finish with a theater degree or did you switch? I switched. I, I was a theater major for two years, and then I moved uh, back from my college in Washington, back to Los Angeles. Oh, okay. And started ma- majoring in a proper film school and got like, a, a film, okay. <laughs> film uh, certificate. Yeah, just curious. I was a uh, theater major for about a year, and then I switched, but... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I uh, still love theater. I have a great passion for it, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm not... I was never going to be the actor I thought I was going to be in high school. Yeah, yeah, same. <laughs> Same. So uh, last week around Thanksgiving, we we had a uh, we had Bibiani on, and uh, oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you might know him. You might know him a little bit. <laughs> and uh, we asked him this question, but I want to hear your side of it. Uh, okay. How did you guys meet? What what's that? What's the story there? Because obviously you guys do so well, much together now. Uh, whatever he told you, it was a total lie. Um, I don't know what oh. he said. because he's not get, he's not going to tell you about the axe battle we had on the side of the volcano. You see, uh, he, he he had killed my father, and I was seeking revenge. And yeah. I had the uh, the mystic axe of Glacknar. No, um, no, we we were what he said is probably true. We were neighbors, and uh, it's actually a bit of a funny story because we lived in the same apartment building. He was really into, uh, Guitar Hero at the time, because everyone was. There was that, you know, that like four or five year period when that's all anybody did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just sort of, and it ended really abruptly. It was very odd. But he was playing Guitar Hero Rocks the 80s. And, oh, uh. Okay. I, I sort of, he, and, you know, we're, have, we have an open building. Our doors were open. And I just sort of walked up mm-hmm. to his apartment, kind of burst in through his door and said, is somebody playing limousine? <laughs> And a years long years long friendship began. And yeah, we we started talking a little more after that. He showed me his film collection, I showed him my film collection. We we bonded over a few oddball common interests. Uh he and I are both big fans of a movie from nineteen ninety two called Brain Donors, uh with John Turturro, Mel Smith, and Bob Nelson. It's it's uh a very peculiar comedy. It's a modern, like, 1990s riff on the Marx Brothers. Like, it's okay. three Marx Brothers-like characters with Marx Brothers-like names. They're just not played by the Marx Brothers in this version. Mm-hmm. There's a Margaret Dumont character. There's a supervillain character. It's all very heavily inspired by uh, A Night at the Opera. And it's just broad and overwritten and funny and hilarious. and Funny and hilarious, both of those things. And uh, 
yeah, William and I, turns out we were both big fans of this. Uh, we both, uh, started just talking about movies. And when it came time for William to have a co-host for a podcast that he was trying to pitch at the place he was working, he just came right to me. He said, why don't we just do a podcast together? That was back in like 2011. And we've been doing it pretty much constantly ever since. Wow. So, yeah, the critically acclaimed podcast, I want to talk about that. But that's not the only thing that you guys did together. You guys were also the critically acclaimed team in the Schmodown. Uh, yeah. And the, the name was, uh, was one of Christian's suggestions. Was it? You know, because we, because we were both critics and because mm-hmm. like being film snots was sort of our angle, <laughs> he decided to, to, uh, yeah, he suggested you guys should be critically acclaimed. We said, sure, that's a good idea. So we were critically acclaimed as, as a team. And that oh. ended up sort of spinning off into its own podcast. And, and as how, of now, it's its own. How network. did that whole, how did that whole thing work? How did like, uh, that's awesome. the Schmodown, were you approached? Did you approach Christian to do this? Was Bibbs approach? Like, what was the process? I'm not, I don't remember how William got involved. I think he had, he just knew some of the people who were working on it and decided to like audition or suggest himself. Um, but I saw that he was doing it. I actually saw that a lot of people I knew were doing it. A lot of uh, peers of mine in the critic community, people like Alonso Duralde and Matt Atchity. These are people I know that I see at screenings a lot. And they're all, all of a sudden I discovered that they're all, all involved with this one thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people I had met at like set visits were working behind mm-hmm. the scenes. It turns out I knew a lot of people <laughs> who were working at, at the, uh, the Schmodown. So one day, just sort of as a joke, I went on the Facebook group and said, hey, I want to kick some ass. Is this a place to do that? And Christian just said, yeah, saw that message and said, oh, sure. Um, yeah, you can kick us. Come on. Come on. See, Let's see what you can do. Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. And now, obviously, uh, critically acclaimed is no more. And uh, the self-righteous brothers. What, what was it like? you know, splitting up critically acclaimed and going into this new team. Well, what was that experience? Well, here, here's the thing about the Schmodown. I like appearing on the Schmodown. It's fun appearing mm-hmm. on the Schmodown. I have sort of a rela- relaxed and groovy time, but you might've noticed that I'm not very good at the Schmodown. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of trivia and it's, and it's really fun to sort of flex my knowledge muscles, but I, I don't have the best record. So you know, what, even when William and I team up, I feel like I'm just sort of dragging the team down. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we decided that uh, you're just sort of – we kind of make up these stories as as, as we go. Mm-hmm. They they kind of grow really organically based on the characters of the players and, you know, how they do with the certain matches. Um, it's a lot like professional wrestling. That's the way it's been mm-hmm. set up, and that's the way it's also produced. Uh, so – yeah, when it turned out that William was doing better as a solo player than I was, we decided to sort of uh, form a rift. We decided to break up. Critically acclaimed is going to be uh-huh. no more. And uh, Mark Hoyk, who also knew a lot of people, he's a good friend of mine. I've known him for like 20 mm-hmm. years. Uh, he he knows his stuff really well, especially if it comes to like obscure studio politics of like the 1970s. You get Mark Hoyk on that stuff and he is a champion. So, uh, yeah, he, he decided, why don't, why, why can't we get him in to be the dark horse? So we wrote him in as the dark horse and we became the self-righteous brothers. I, I forgot. I think, I think it was Mark's idea. The, the name was Mark's idea. 
another another um another player another person you got to play with uh that I think a lot of people think about very fondly the late great John Schnepp you played against him in the celebrity Schmodown match with the co-stars of Ash versus Evil Dead uh what was that like I what was well, that, that with Schnepp uh well I mean Schnepp was is is a giant like it was kind of intim- mm-hmm. I was more intimidated with Schnepp in the room than I was with Bruce Campbell because <laughs> Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, he comes into the room. You kind of know what you're dealing with. He's been to so many conventions. He knows how to shoot down fans. Like, oh, hey, 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 Mister Ash, I'm a big fanboy, and he can just give you a withering look, and you know where you stand with <laughs> with Bruce Campbell. And he's oh. you know really gregarious, and he's really open. He's kind of bitter. I admire all these things about him. <laughs> John Schnepp was a little bit more of a local celebrity. It's like you don't want to piss that guy off. You want to be on his good side. So <laughs> I didn't really know how to talk to Schnepp at first. And when I recognized his Videodrome T-shirt, we kind of bonded a little bit. Uh, if if you watch that match, you'll see that he has a Videodrome T-shirt on. Um, and yeah, we played against each other. I knew that. If if it was just Schnepp and I, they'd probably ask us much harder questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. We'd be pretty equally matched, I like to think, but I, he probably mm-hmm. would have beaten me anyway. Um, but then we got the stars of Ash vs. Evil Dead. They got a lot of puffball questions. Uh, I got to uh, be on a team with Dana DiLorenzo, and she was just a ball of energy, so that was a lot of fun. And uh yeah, it, and that was the only time I ever got to work with Schnapp unfortunately. We never got like a, a proper one-on-one match. He, he you know what he would have trashed me. He would have trashed me in a one-on-one match, but I still would have liked to play. <laughs> it's one of those things that's, like yeah. you, if you beat him that's really impressive and if you don't beat him then well, you know, you lost to a really good guy. So, you know, you exactly. can't really be mad about that. Exactly. I I had to ask about that, you know. Uh mm-hmm. Coming up next year, obviously there's the draft in the Schmodown. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you feel about that? Is there anything in particular you're hoping for? I'm I'm just sort of wait like everybody else. I'm just waiting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's you know people I probably could play well with. There's some people I'm not sure if I would play well with. Um, but you know, it's going to be kind of chaos, and I love that. I love when everything is just sort of shaken up. And if there's a draft and a lot of unexpected things happen and everybody is really kind of mad and upset or just completely taken off guard, those are the moments I'm kind of looking for. And it's hard to predict. I don't, I don't want to predict because I want to be surprised. Okay. So I, I want to move uh, away from the Schmodown. Now I, I just had a couple questions for you specifically there. I want to talk about the critically acclaimed podcast network because okay. Wow. Uh, you guys have a whole lot going on over there. You've got obviously critically acclaimed. You've got, we've got mail, the iron list. And then on your Patreon, only the best, all our yesterdays, the randomizer and the cancel too soon monthly movie. Wow. And you guys are still doing the two take or the two shot. Sorry. I did the same thing with Bibiani oh. last week. Uh, the two shot over on the Schmo's nose network. You guys just don't stop going. <laughs> How did that all build? Well, um, we, uh, golly, the first, we started the, the B-Movies podcast back in the day, and we just loved doing film reviews on a regular basis. It's kind of hard to get writing work on a regular basis as a critic mm-hmm. these days, but podcasts you can just sort of do. And we could stay in the conversation and still review films and kind of follow our passions and, you know, it is hoped to get a little money out of it. Um, 
so we we decided to sort of keep that going as long as we could. That uh, the network that was hosting that kind of kicked us out. On our own, we decided to start Cancel Too Soon, which we were really passionate about, and we started our own uh, Patreon based on that. And when the B Movies podcast ended, and you know we were uncritically acclaimed for the Schmoes No Network. And then when we left the Shmoda's Known Network, we decided just to fold it all into one gigantic network of our own. Makes perfect sense, right? And we realized that we wanted to be able to give our listeners and give our fans as much as we possibly could. And for a while, we were trying to do written articles, but our schedules weren't allowing for as much as we wanted to contribute. Uh, we realized all we could really do, what we could like best, how we could best provide was to just offer more content in terms of our speaking voices and just hope people don't get sick of the way our voices sound. Uh, so yeah, we decided to put those two together. We decided to put a few behind a, like a Patreon paywall and just they started to accumulate more and more and more based on what we could provide and frankly what we wanted to do. We love vis- revisiting all these old movies that were made in the 1930s. It's been very illuminating. Uh, we were bringing up Star Trek so damn much on all of our other podcasts, we figured, why don't we just have a Star Trek podcast? So we're, we're doing that now. We have a Star Trek podcast. Uh, we get a lot of listener feedback, which we love, and not just like on people cussing us out on Twitter. We actually get like emails and... <laughs> Given the how much we were talking about our subjects, we were falling behind in our letters. So we thought, now we have a letters podcast. We are just trying to interact and provide and converse as much as possible, and hope people want to listen. That's awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite show that you've covered on your canceled too soon podcast? Well, there's some that I've discovered that I've really loved. Uh, if you've listened to, most recently we did a, an episode on Tuca and Bertie, uh, Lisa Hannawalt's animated show on Netflix, and that got canceled after 10 episodes. That was a really excellent show. Uh, MTV did a show once upon a time called Sweet Slash Vicious, which was, uh, about two college age, uh, girls who were masquerading as superheroes getting justice for all the sexual assault that was going on on their campus, which was just lousy okay. sexual assault. It, it's oh. really kind of poignant, but it's actually kind of fun and warm and very, very wise about the okay. emotional states that all those things bring out, how fraud it is. Um, my favorite episodes have been the ones where I got to force William to watch one of my old favorite shows and see how he reacts. <laughs> So um, when we did an episode for Sam and Max Freelance Police, an animated show about a psychopathic rabbit and a, a kind of laid-back detective dog and how they're just these absurdist beings of chaos in a world of actually just slightly less chaos, uh, that's right up my alley. I love that. William hated it, and it was great to have a discussion. Uh, same with the when I was in high school, I was very fond of a, a short-lived sketch comedy show called The Edge. Uh, which ran uh, was a Julie Brown show uh, created by comedian Julie Brown. And it is one of the most violent sketch comedy shows you've ever seen. People get mur- at the beginning of every episode of the edge, the entire cast would be murdered in some way. Like they gather together for a big group <laughs> shot saying, thank you for watching the show. Thanks to our live studio audience. Thanks to our cameraman. Thanks to the archers. Wait a minute. Who are those archers? And I'll get full <laughs> you know, shot full of arrows it's really, really wonderful. I, and I just love the kind of dark violence of that kind of, uh, that kind of comedy. 
uh, it was just right up my alley when I was a teenager. It's kind of shaped who I am today. I showed it to William, and he was just completely disgusted with the level of violence. He just did not get it. It's not on his wavelength. He's a much more sensitive guy than I am. I'm, I can be a lot more sardonic than he can be. So the, when we actually got to cover some of my favorites, those have been my favorite episodes. How do you go about choosing, like, what shows you cover on that show? Like, obviously, they're they're one season, but, I mean, how do you do the research, finding newer ones versus older ones? Oh, the fact is we just have a, a constantly growing list. It's not just suggestions people make. We take every suggestion. Uh, some people have bought us uh, things off of our Amazon wish list, and we're still getting to those. People bought us things like two, three years ago that we're still trying to get around to. Uh, we try to keep, we try to mix it up. We try to say, you know, some things from the 90s, some things from the 80s, 70s. We try to get things from uh, every era. We tried not to do too many science fiction shows from the 1990s in a row because that's kind of our wheelhouse. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, we, we do a couple of those every once in a while. And uh, we try to stick with theme episodes occasionally just to keep us on track. We did like DC Comics TV shows. Uh, where mm. We were in the middle of suddenly last season. We have one more episode of that that we're going to record uh, in the next couple of days on the, the sci-fi series Deadly Class. Oh. Uh, and pretty much we just like to follow our hearts more or less. People, you know, people give us suggestions. We keep these on the list and we pick off of that list. But yeah, a lot of it is subject to our whim and just our instinct. That's awesome. And then you guys do your podcast, The Two Shot. Um, so same kind of question. What's a favorite movie that you've covered on that show? Well, I mean, our A features are always supposed, like the whole deal with the two shot is, you know, the audience votes for a really, really horrible or at least notorious movie. And then we try to pair it with something very, very good. Uh, this is all, ste- it all stemmed from the idea that, you know, I work at a movie theater. I run a projector at the New Beverly Cinema in Hollywood. And all of their tickets are double features. Sometimes they're even triple features. And I've always been a big fan of the notion of programming as a form of criticism, if you put two films that don't seem alike next to each other, they can kind of affect each other. And if you watch them back to back, they might inform one another. And I, I felt for the longest time that you could put any two films next to each other, any two, and they would start to inform one another regardless. Um, so I tried, I tried testing that once and I watched The Last Emperor, the best picture winner from 1987 and Spice World back to back and it didn't work. <laughs> so, so my hypothesis isn't, isn't always true, but you know, if we're watching a really bad film, surely there's a good version of that film or at least a notorious film, uh, somewhere out in the world. So that's where the two shot came from. And my favorite pairings are when we get Something that is legitimately bad, not just underrated, not just notorious, something that just can't be defended. And, uh, and we try to, like, s- stick it right next to something that actually is exactly the same in terms of theme or story to show uh-huh. that this is actually a good idea. It's just done really badly. So when we did, uh, Jingle All the Way, the, okay. uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie, uh-huh. Which is, a, I'm not sure if you've seen Jiggle All the Way. I think everybody has at this point just because it's so <laughs> horrendous. But yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a dippy suburban, like a rich suburban dad. It's Christmas Eve. Uh-huh. His son uh, hates him because he's a workaholic. And he has to, in order to essentially buy his son's affection, 
find the hot Christmas toy on Christmas Eve. And of course he can't do it because they're all sold out because it's a hot Christmas toy. And he goes about town committing all manners of atrocities in order to get this toy. Uh, The movie comes down to a scene where he's broken into his neighbor's house to steal his neighbor's toy that he was going to give to his son. And when he's holding that toy in his hands, he has this big sort of emotional reckoning that, oh my God, have I become a thief? Am I going to steal from another boy to please my own? If you think about it, that is the exact same plot as Vittorio De Sica's Bicycle Thieves, one of the best movies ever made, the masterpiece of Italian neorealism, which is about a, a dad who has lost a job. He is impoverished. Italy is impoverished at this era. It's post-World War II. And the only job he can get is riding his bike around town, putting up movie posters. His bike is stolen. He becomes desperate. And there comes a point when he considers stealing someone else's bike so he can get his job back. And wow. it, that is an emotionally harrowing film that it was really sort of examines poverty and legacy and how you present morally to a younger generation. And it's, it's really, really great. It's one of the best of all time. Criterion has a really great edition. It's on the Criterion channel. I encourage everyone to watch it. And when you look at that back to back with Jingle All the Way, this horrendous commercial piece of crap from the nineties, and it's horrible. I, I will not hear anything. Up. I will not hear any defense of this. <laughs> Yes, Sarah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't defend it. Say again? I said I haven't seen it, so I can't defend it. So oh, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I hear a lot of defense for movies like Jingle All, just things that came out in the mid-90s, just these complete schlock uh-huh. garbage kid films, <laughs> getting really passionately defended by people who saw them when they were eight. And now <laughs> people who saw them when they were eight are grown up and they're making bigger decisions and like creative decisions in bigger companies. And I want to grab them by the scruff of the neck and say, no, stop trying to remake Space Jam. Space Jam. <laughs> it's one of the worst things ever. We don't even, we're, it's like we're miscanonizing these films just because we loved them when we were eight. And, I take some blame for that because that's what my generation did. You know, I'm, I'm in my early 40s, and now we've canonized films like Gremlins and Ghostbusters. Mm. Good films, but, you know, uh-huh. maybe not the best films of all time. Maybe not, like, the most penetrating yeah. adult dramas. <laughs> yeah. And, we canoni- and we've canonized them, and now we're making garbage like Ready Player One, where we're just sort of, you know, trying to brown-nose all of these major corporations over the products of theirs that we love, rather than really kind of getting into the adult dramas from the 1980s. So, yeah, stop miscanonizing Space Jam. God, stay off Space Jam. Oh, but Have you seen together, Space Jam? Ten million. No. <laughs> they they got to as many Space Jams as they can. It's what everybody wants, Whitney. It's what everybody no. wants. <laughs> I, I, I may only be speaking for myself, but it's not what I want. <laughs> uh, so I asked this uh, question to Bibiani last week, and uh, I know it's a difficult one because the year is not over yet. But do you have a favorite movie that you've seen so far this year? Well, I, yeah, I got my list. It's growing in my head. And, you know, I think every critic oh. does sort of keep keep a tally of just the great films they see in any given year just because they know the way mm-hmm. they're, they're going to be asked to write a list eventually. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's still a few I need to catch up on. Like, I haven't seen 1917 yet. Um, okay. I ha- there's, there's a lot of things that I've heard are really great. There's some uh, really great 
uh, foreign language and indie films that a lot of my friends have recommended, like my critic friends have recommended to me that I wanted to catch up on stuff like, uh, loose and ashes, purest white. Uh, but the one, the ones I've seen that I've liked the most this year, I've really, really loved Robert Eggers, the lighthouse. Um, <laughs> just this really entirely grim black and white film about these two guys who are, you know, drinking too much and eating terrible food and f- farting and, falling into this muddy pit of onanism and going slowly mad over the course of the movie. That is totally my jam. I love films that are about dirt and filth and misery. Uh, so, so I really love the lighthouse. Uh, I really loved a German horror film called Hagazusa, which is about the same thing. A woman is living out in the middle of the woods and it's about how she just slowly goes insane and thinks there's supernatural things out in the woods. Um, in terms of th- something you might have actually seen, uh, I really loved, I really loved Book Smart, uh, Olivia Wilde's coming yeah. of age movie. Book Smart is so damn good. Uh, and as much as I like to, you know, rail against sort of the big corporate entertainments and as much, I, I have this reputation for hating superhero movies just because I don't, I, I don't love the Avengers series. So that's uh-huh. why I have this reputation for hating all superhero movies. But one of my favorite movies this year was Shazam. I think that one was fantastic. Yeah. It really captured this sort of very pure, very innocent little boy adventure vibe that I feel like a lot of superhero yeah. films are lacking. They're also adolescent now. They're kind yeah. of take themselves really seriously. And Shazam had something that other films don't. And that's fun. It's just, yeah. it's not snarky at all. It's just a kid learning to live with power and being a superhero. And I think that's really, really kind of pure. Yeah. I, I thought Asher Angel also got kind of swept under the rug on the, in that movie. I think everybody was talking about Zachary Levi. I thought Asher yeah, Angel yeah. was really good in that. Um, I, I did want to ask you because when we were talking to Viviani and I had to pull this quote because I, I wanted to make sure that I got exactly what he said, right. Uh, we're talking about movies in anticipation and I wanted to get your take on this straight out of your mouth instead of what he just said. But, uh, so what he said, and this is a quote was, uh, I try not to anticipate movies as a film critic. I think anticipation is the antithesis of what we do. I think the idea that film discourse and the whole film writing community is built around anticipation for the next Marvel movie or the next star Wars or anything like that. I think that is maybe the worst thing we have allowed to happen in the last 20 years. And then he attributed a line from you that he said uh, was really good, which was uh, the time to get excited for a movie is after you've seen it. And I just wanted to get straight from you, uh, your thoughts on, on that. Oh, well, that's, that is something I said. I said it on one of our podcasts. (laughs) If you search back in the early days, it was something I said where, um, you know, I, I got into film writing, you know, in my early thirties, right when I was kind of, uh, maybe not giving up, but kind of outgrowing a lot of the geek discourse, a lot of the, you know, very certain kind of movies that a lot of people are getting really excited about. This was back sort of when Harry Knowles, if you know who he is anymore, was kind of leading the conversation on geek discourse. And I wanted to start talking about a wider variety of things. Mm-hmm. And I did notice that the discourse was not growing up with me. A lot of people were still, even people my age, were still trying to keep the conversation centered around a very kind of teenage mindset of who would win in a fight I want to see these comic books. Let's get really excited about new Star Wars. And I wanted to say, well, yeah, but you look at these independent movies. Look at, you know, if if you're into cinema, if you're into film in general, there's so much more than that. And, yeah, I slowly came to realize that it was all 
all of the conversations, all the articles I were I was reading were all about movies that hadn't come out yet. They're all about these movies that that we were just sort of excited to see, and there were all of these speculative articles and articles about who had been signed or who might make this film or what might happen in this movie. You know, you go to these big, big, really successful websites, and it's all these all this speculation stuff. Mm-hmm. A critic named James Rocky, uh, who if you, you look him up, he's really great. He's not writing anymore. He actually gave up on film criticism because he was so sick of this. He ended up starting his own wow. baking business instead. But he, he coined the phrase oh. the anticipation industrial complex really? that all, all of all of film had become its marketing and we had swallowed it. We had become essentially the people who were writing the commercials for the film studios. We were keeping the conversation really? alive on films that hadn't come out yet. And when you think about it, that's just advertising. We're doing advertising yeah, for really. them. And it's fine to anticipate a movie. I'm not going to say people I'm not going to tell people not to be excited about upcoming movies. You can even write about how you're excited to see a movie and get on Twitter and talk about it endlessly. I can't wait to see whatever this movie is. But when you allow that to become the center of the conversation, you're doing the film a great disservice. You're not letting the filmmakers tell you their story. You're not letting the film say what it has to say. And when you have your anticipation cranked to such a high level, A, you're either going to be disappointed when it doesn't meet that expectation or you're going to be completely content with something that might just meet your expectation. And you're putting yourself in a position where you're no longer allowed to be surprised or startled or even open to the notion of the new, to something that has taken you completely by surprise. Uh, I started to say this, you know, I, I walk out of movies and people say that was exactly the movie I wanted. Well, I don't want the movie, the exactly the movie I wanted. I want something I didn't know I wanted. I want something to take me completely by surprise. I want to be taken off guard every time. I don't want to be surprised in the same way each time. And, you know, if somebody, and the problem with a lot of these big properties, there's so much money riding on them and the fans have taken so much of the conversation that all they're doing is essentially meeting fan expectations and making uh-huh. billions of dollars that way. I can't fault the studios because they're just following the money. But when yeah. you're tr- just meeting fan expectations, fans don't want a lot. They only want something very specific. They want the same thing each yep. time. So <laughs> yeah. if, yep. so, uh, you know, I, a lot of critics are going into these big gigantic franchise films, these big Avengers movies and these big Star Wars movies getting, you know, with a little bit of a sense of dread because they know they're going to be getting something that's kind of the same as last time. And we kind of know in our hearts that the studios are not going to do something daring. And we kind of are waiting for them to do something kind of daring. And the problem is when they, when the studios do something a little bit daring, fans get all in a huff over it. They get really angry. That something's a little bit yeah. different, or they yeah. they altered this character too much, or they changed this plot line too much. <laughs> We're with that, Sarah. <laughs> mm. Like, hey. um, not not to defend the film too much. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm I'm not so down on uh, a film called X Men Origins: Colon Wolverine. <laughs> X Men X Men Origins: Wolverine is it, it's a fine film for an eight year old. You know, it's it's kind of kiddified. <laughs> it's kind of silly. It has the Saturday morning this kind of a childish quality that I appreciate, especially in a superhero story. But when you talk to somebody, all they're going to say is they ruined Deadpool. That's the one thing they say. They ruined that character. It's like, 
for, first of all, I didn't realize the world had that many Deadpool fans. Uh, secondly, <laughs> secondly, it's okay that it can be kind of light and silly. What you live love can be light and silly. Yeah. You can like dumb, sh- dumb crap. I almost, almost cussed. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. Yeah, you can yeah. like dumb. It's okay. Okay. You yeah. can like dumb shit. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it's okay to like dumb shit. And, uh, but you know, they're all of the fan uproar. And of course, the studios are now listening to the fan uproar. We got a Deadpool movie. I love the Deadpool movie, by the way. Yeah. I like the Deadpool movie way more than I like X-Men Origins Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine <laughs> is kind of a piece of crap. Deadpool is actually kind of clever and subversive in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't like that this culture of anticipation and that the, the sort of dictatorial entitlement that's coming from a lot of corners of the fan community is now affecting the art that, that I as a critic have to consume because I want something kind of daring and different all the time. That's just what I, I seek when I see a movie. And I don't, I don't like that fans who want something very limited are the ones that are controlling the conversation and the studios have them on the leash because they have them wrapped up in this anticipation machine. Uh huh. That they can never leave. I, I, William and I had a conversation about this kind of recently about the notion of spoilers, about how uh, you know when a, a big movie is about to come out and critics start to see it and it's just leaking out into the public for the first time and now everybody says I'm I'm muting on Twitter. I don't want any spoilers. Here's the thing: they've been getting information about the movie and plot mm. points and costumes. Yeah. For months, they've been getting think okay. pieces, they've been getting press releases, they've been getting commercials and previews. They write their previews for previews now. Yeah. <laughs> like here, 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 here's a preview. We're gonna drop a preview tomorrow, but here's a little piece of the preview. So it's a preview. It's a tweet about a preview for a preview. It's like what? When are we gonna get to the actual movie, please? Uh, Never. <laughs> and and when people talk about spoilers, it's not necessarily that you're revealing a plot point that would ruin the movie. It's not like you you. Mm-hmm wreck the drama by revealing a lot of these details, especially if you're just giving basic plot information. It's that people feel that any information outside of this anticipation machine is now considered a spoiler because it's not spoiling the movie. It's not spoiling the plot. It's spoiling this very carefully constructed anticipation advertising machine that the studio has set up for everybody. And so if you give them any additional information outside of the officially sanctioned studio information, that's considered a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, that's not a spoiler. That's just your anticipation. And I feel like ha- having allowed this anticipation behemoth to grow has really harmed film discourse because it's not letting critics to discuss films in a frank manner. It's, it has to be too respectful of the fan experience, and we, we don't care about the fan experience. We're trying to talk about the movie itself. I think, yeah, I think that's great. That's exactly why I wanted to to get your take on it as well. Uh, mm-hmm. That was all. That was all great. And I just want to ask you about one more thing before we go into the rapid fire game. Uh, you put out a thirty minute radio drama called The Tenth Muse. Um, I did, and I, I'm just gonna read the description you put on to Twitter. It's okay. about a punk lesbian bar, an immortal poetess, a talking and a talking crab, and it stars a cast of amazing actresses. Uh, can you can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh gosh, the tenth. Uh, well, the tenth muse I was doing just because I'm I'm 
just sort of in this weird, bad creative rut. I, I can't get a lot of writing gigs, so I figured I'd just write for myself. And I've always loved radio dramas. I'd written one previously back in 2005 for uh, the National Audio Theater Festival, which was this other little weird magical comedy thing about a guy and a talking cat who find a brain on a beach and try to find the owner of the brain. Uh, who, who, who it turns out is still alive in a robot body. It's all very strange. Um, and, and yeah, they performed it live on the air on uh, public radio in West Plains, Missouri. So, uh, so if you were in West Plains, Missouri between the hours of seven and eight, that fateful Wednesday night, in West Plains, Missouri, you probably would have heard it. Otherwise it's kind of lost. Um, I have a copy, but you know, I'm not allowed to distribute it. Uh, but yeah, I've always really loved radio dramas. I always loved listening to them. I fell in love with them in high school, and I figured, why don't I just go back to that? So I just started following my heart. I ended up writing this story about uh, a lesbian bar, about a, a divorced lesbian couple who run it together. One of their employees just happens to be Sappho, who is thousands of years old. And uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a magical twist where uh, there's a little, little bit of time travel involved. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with it, but as I finished it, I said, hey, why don't we just give this to our listeners? Uh, people on the highest tier of our Patreon got it for free, and then I just started putting it out on social media. You can buy it for 10 bucks. Hit me up on Twitter or on Instagram, and I can email you a copy. Um, and the response has been pretty positive, and I'm really happy. And I'm so happy that I'm actually working on another one. I was just finishing up another script. Uh, if if it If all goes well, then it will be available by Christmas. Uh, it's a little more lo-fi than the last one. It ha- the, the last one I got a little ambitious. It has like a cast of eight and there's all these different speaking parts and there was a song in the middle of it. So I had to like find some public domain music and had to get like s- somebody who could sing and then I just distort someone's voice because they played a talking crab. Uh, <laughs> the talking crab can't just have a regular voice. Of course I just, no, just oh, distort yeah. their voice. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, this next one is just sort of like a, a conversation between two characters. It's a little bit of a love letter to uh the to 1991 Los Angeles goth culture. And yes, there's also a lesbian character. So I promise that if I do any more any more care any more uh, of these radio dramas, I'm going to stay away from counterculture lesbians uh because I don't want I, I don't want that to be my wheelhouse necessarily. <laughs> All right. Well, that that sounds uh that sounds actually really cool. Uh, I'm going to have to, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Uh, we're going to go into our rapid fire question game. It's very simple. We are going to put three minutes on a timer and then Sarah and I are going to take turn asking you questions and you have to answer them as quickly as you can. Okay. I'm going to suck at this, but I'll give it, we'll give it the old college. Oh, no, it's okay. It'll, it'll be great. Uh, Sarah is going to start when I hit start. Oh, okay. Three, two, one. Um, Pepsi or Coke? Coca-Cola. Well, between those two, Coca-Cola. Have you ever been pulled over by a cop and given a ticket? I've been pulled, yeah, of course. I've I've committed traffic. I've committed moving violations. Um, sweet or sour? Uh, both both for flavor and for people, sour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are you an early bird or a night owl? An, a night owl by necessity. I'm an early bird at heart. Um, what's the last movie you watched? Yeah, I watched was oh, a Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and it, that is one of the best films of the year. Uh, what would you do for a Klondike bar? I would, uh, I would, I would run the other way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> realize that the stuff around the the outside of a Klondike bar isn't actually chocolate. Chocolate, like it's this weird sort of artificial spread. Mm-hmm. It's the same stuff they make magic shell out of. It's like chocolate flavored wax. Oh no! Like it's some some kind of it's some kind of chocolate polymer. I'm not exactly sure what it is. No, give give me give me an it's it any day <laughs> ice cream cookie sandwich from Cool House. Mm. Any of those. Um, who would who, play you in a biopic about your life? I would want, like in Todd Salon's Palindromes, I would want a rotating bevy of actors and actresses of various ages, Ooh. genders, and races to play me. I like that. I, uh, me too. Favorite board game? Right now, oh gosh, you're going to laugh at me because this is so nerdy, but uh, the people who do HomestarRunner.com put out a board game called Trogdor the Board Game, about Trogdor the Burninator, the dragon, and it is very fun. And I play it with my four-year-old son, and I play it with my wife, and I love it. But uh, on any other day, uh, my answer would be Scrabble. Um, does pineapple belong on pizza? Uh, yes. Anything oh. belongs on pizza. Any and everything belongs on pizza. Pizza is an adaptable animal, and it can evolve in whatever direction it wants. Costco or Walmart? Costco is slightly less evil, so I'll go with Costco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Sure. I've seen them. Everybody's seen yeah. a couple, right? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, yeah, neither do I. Sure. <laughs> uh, ice cream or frozen yogurt? Uh, they're both, they're both equally wonderful. If, 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 if I'm laying, if Jeez. I'm laying naked, if I'm laying naked in bed watching Star Trek, I'll take either. <laughs> Alright, that's a good answer. Sarah. Um, okay, what is the best film trilogy? trilogy like there's three of them yeah there's just any group of three films um the apu trilogy is the best film trilogy the the uh ben, ben series of bengali films from the the 1950s uh by director such as uh you can get them on the criterion channel they are great the, they they tell the story of a young boy growing up in one of the most impoverished parts of india how he became uh, kind of a jerkwad father, and that's the way the, the series ends. Uh, it's really, really great. Well, spoilers, Whitney. <laughs> I, you know what? There, there have been studies that actually knowing the ending of a story can improve your enjoyment of it. Like you know, when you study Shakespeare. Oh, I agree. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, when you study Shakespeare, they t- like before you start reading the play, they tell you that Romeo and Juliet are going to off themselves at the end. Oh yeah, you know, I haven't you know finished it the- yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my husband gets very mad when I look up spoilers. He gets very angry. I'm like, I want to know. It's not going to affect me. I want to know what happens. Like, but anyway, uh, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, where course, can the people so find fun. you if they oh, want to follow you? The usual spots. I have a you know a Twitter handle just like everybody at uh, Whitney Seibold. You can follow me on my Instagram account. That's also at Whitney Seibold. Uh, and uh, of course, I am part of the Critically Acclaimed Network. That means you can find me as uh, the co-host on at Critically Acclaimed. Uh, William Bibiani and I have, as you already listed, multiple shows together. We have Critically Acclaimed. <laughs> we have canceled too soon. Those are the free ones. We also answer your letters on a special uh, podcast. Uh, we, and if you are interested in our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash critically acclaimed network. And you can uh, sign up over there. If you want to donate a few bucks, that's great. If not, listen to the shows. If you love it, tell your friends. If you hate it, tell your enemies. 
I love that. Uh, well, thank you again for coming on the show, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this promo break. Hello, everybody. Jay Wade. And Kaylin here. To tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after-show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live, as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal, too. We do movie reviews, and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So, come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed, and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. Hey there, Schmodown fans. This is Josh the Merc Rainer, and I am here to tell you about my show, Talking Schmodown. Whether it's Andrew Guy getting hit with a chair, John Roca screaming, Outlaw! Or the emotional retirement of the Shire Wolf, I talk about it all. So you can catch me right here on Anchor and all the other major podcasting platforms. So, as I ask every episode, are you ready to talk Schmodown? I am. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus' The Mandalorian. Dude, yes, Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. (laughs) Thank God Kaylin will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Okay, and we're back from break. Jaffiel, <laughs> that was awful. That was so <laughs> nice, okay. nice segue there. God so damn it! Bad. Did you guys Jaffiel? know what? Did you guys know what Jaffiel was? Did you? What Roxy brought it up. Yeah, I say it all the time. Yeah, I say I, Jaffiel all the time. Are you lying right now? No, I'm. Are you for dead, real? I'm dead serious. I'll say it to my husband all the time, and he'll look at me like, "What are you saying to me?" I've, I've never been saying it, it for years since senior, like for like six years. Like since senior year of high school, my sister like, said. I don't know what it is. I don't know where I, I heard wait. it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know like where it came from. I thought it came from Twenty One Jump Street, but honestly, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Jeffiel, Jeffiel, right? I kind of feel like I'm getting gaslit right now, and I have no idea. Mike. Mike, you know, Jafiel is from 21 Jump Street. I just looked it up. Mike, oh, I, is it? you have Google, Sarah. Oh, cool. this. Mike, you know who would wow. say Jafiel? Who? What's happening? Connor on Power Rangers Dino Thunder. <laughs> the of the Anyways. Okay, we're not talking about Power Rangers. Go check out their Power Rangers podcast if you want to. Podcast doesn't mean that. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm... Wow, wow. Okay, anyway. Oh we're moving on. Um, we're talking some collider nonsense, obviously. Uh, so the most important thing to me was that, uh, Roxy 
said that she showers with the curtain open because she doesn't want to miss anything. (laughs) I don't understand what that means. Some serious FOMO, you know? Like, yeah, but what is she, what is she missing when she's taking a shower? Like, the, she the person watching? coming at her with a knife. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, like, Psycho. I'm scared of everything. Like, I'm terrified that that's gonna, okay. Funny enough, my husband actually jumped out of the shower today to scare me. So I should be the one <laughs> that's like, oh my god, yes. And I screamed so loud. I, I, yeah, oh it was. <laughs> No. Oh my god, I'm over it. Um anyway, I just thought that was really funny. And then she says she had she start doing like a thirty seconds, like trying to like close it every close it. Yeah, her OCD kicks in. Immersion oh. therapy. Oh, yeah. oh, oh girl. Um oh, <laughs> bless ya. Bless ya. Okay. Like, All right. Look at the southern grandma. Bless you. Bless your heart, sweetie. Bless your heart. Okay, so I really want to bring this up. I'm sorry, oh guys. God. I really want to talk about this. Yeah, I really. Um, <laughs> I don't. The Pixie Chicks. I don't. What are you laughing about? Yeah, they're a great know. band. Never mind. We're moving on. Okay, entertainment news. <laughs> Diva Cups. We can talk about it. I don't know how yeah. to bring it up like we organically. Can, so we can. So what's no. your experience with them? Do you use them? No. Don't ask that question, Mike. What's wrong with you? <laughs> She's the expert on this because she knows about the cups. <laughs> so what's your experience? <laughs> so give us a rating. What do you think? Well, zero out of ten, you know? Or zero to ten. I mean, on, what's... How do you... Oh, oh my god. I don't know. There's something more subtle than that. Okay, okay. I've never used a diva cup. Okay. Or a menstrual cup as they're oh. actually known, which I think is way grosser. Um, yeah. I think they're really gross. I, I mean, yeah. just as a concept, I think it's really disgusting. Uh, but I totally understand why a lot of people, uh, choose to use them. I won't go into details as to why I don't, cause that's disgusting, uh, and personal. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so the reason why, no, um, no. but I know someone who's like, Theirs got stuck. <laughs> oh no! Stop! Stop! Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh! So yeah, um, yeah. So you're welcome. Look, look, um, I, uh, it sounds like so insane. Isn't being a woman great? Like, I, it's fantastic. What do you mean? Uh, you guys have it so easy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me. You I have, have to feed once nothing a month. Ever, no, nothing <laughs> ever goes wrong for you guys. What are you talking about? I don't know if that's sarcasm. You guys have the easiest time in the entertainment industry. Nothing ever happens to you. Okay, definitely sarcasm. Go see Bombshells in theater. Yeah, well... Uh, uh, I actually really want to see that movie. Yeah, Roxy said that she it's her favorite of the year, that she loved it. It Um, looks great. Yeah, Jafiel? Jafiel? I'm just going to keep bringing it up. Okay, moving on. Some entertainment news. We had a whole bunch of trailers drop, but before we bring in... Start that... um, Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Weird. Really Get it weird. right, Sarah. The Suicide Squad. Because it's not I, the. It's I want to say, I wanna say Suicide, Suicide Squad 2, but that's but not it, what it's called. That's not right. It's, 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 it's yeah. The well, Suicide Squad. Well, it's dumb. 
Okay, well, well okay. It's got James so, Dunn directing yeah, it, so. Okay. Um, they're both it. possibly going to be rated R. What do you guys think? Okay. Um, oh, God. Suicide Squad, I think that's a great idea. Rated R. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about James Gunn not with an constrained. R? Not with yeah. an R, but not... I'm hoping that they at least reel him in a little bit. Okay. Um, Birds of Prey... I would be okay with it rated R. My worry is they shot this before Joker came out. Mm. My worry is that uh, it was originally shot as PG-13 and they're going to force it to be R. To they're going to like, all right, Joker made a bunch of money. We already shot a PG-13 version of Birds of Prey. We don't have time to reshoot the movie. and We don't have the money to reshoot the movie. So we're yeah. just going to shoot a couple scenes to make it R-rated. As long as they don't force it to be R-rated, I'm cool. If naturally, if that's what they had already decided when they filmed the movie, or at least if they had like done takes of stuff in case they could get an R-rating, if that was planned from the beginning, 100% down with it, that's cool. But if it's reaction, if it's a reactionary response to Joker making a bunch of money, which, let's be honest, DC likes to yeah, reactionary. It probably it probably is. <laughs> uh, I'm worried about that. Mm. Very excited for the movie though. What does the trailer come out on Sunday? For Birds of Prey? what? There's another what? trailer coming out, isn't there? What? Are... Is no, there? It's, it's Wonder Woman '84 that's coming out on Sunday. Oh, is it? I thought there was another Birds of Prey trailer coming. out. I have out. no mm, idea. I don't think so. I think you're thinking of Wonder Woman. I am probably thinking of Wonder Woman, but I also thought there was. Ooh. Wait, well, we just got trailer. They showed they showed something at uh, Comic Con in San Paulo. That's what it was in Brazil. Brazil, yeah. yeah. Oh. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, so we'll see this. what pops up. I'm in a... Brazil. That <laughs> was <laughs> all right. Let's move what? on. <laughs> what do you think, no Mike? What do you think? Uh, uh, that's a tough question. No, I'm just kidding. I. I don't mind it. I mean, Sean said it perfectly, basically. Otherwise, I would just watch any of them. I'm not a DC person, but I'm going to watch it. I mean, Margot Robbie and Birds of Prey is... looks cool. And then the Suicide Gun, James Gunn, is going to be... Just, I'll go watch it if I can. It doesn't, uh, like, sell you on it? like my, my life is so busy as it is, I don't have time to go to the movie theater anymore. It's just... Mm, it, I, I just... It has to be like a really strong presence for me to like actually go to the movie theater. So, uh, does does a rating really sell anybody on anything? Um, it does for me. I guess it depends on what. I mean, above PG thirteen, does the difference between something being PG thirteen and R really matter to you? Yes, I'm interested. Okay, Why? yeah, I think I don't know because I get, maybe it's that old notion of like. R-rate is going to have more language and it's going to have more violence. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's what... Because I, I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies for a very long time. See, so I'm see, still the kind of in that mindset of like, I don't like seeing movies that have a lot of violence and have a lot mm-hmm. of um, like just unnecessary language. So I think it, the R still kind of like means... I don't know will sway me. Because when I hear R, I think, okay, it's going to be like Deadpool, where it's like all language. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like something like that, where what's going to, that's really what the difference between PG-13 and R is, what they can show and what they can say. 
but so but then, but then there's r-rated movies i'm like there's this does not need to be r like there there's no reason for this to be yeah. r so i don't what, know what i will say about um r ratings versus not like pg-13 in terms of getting me more excited for a movie because it doesn't um mm-hmm. uh, knives out jojo rabbit peanut butter falcon and before were all pg-13 hmm. yeah like and- you know it, it something being rated r doesn't really I think it depends so, on what the movie is and what the genre for me Exactly. Is. I, if right. it's superhero like, movies that are being rated R, I think that causes me to be a little bit more intrigued because for we've gotten so many PG-13. So it's kind of like what are they like what you're saying, what are they doing to make this R? But for normal movies, I'm like, eh, it doesn't really matter. I I just think like I don't know though because I also didn't like Joker. So like just it, it being like Hey, we're making it R isn't intriguing to me because they did R with Joker, and I was like, eh. yeah, okay. yeah. Like I, I don't know. The rating doesn't really make a movie for me. It's it's more the premise of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like because uh-huh. I just exactly. looked it up. I I would have I looked it up. I would have said Jojo Rabbit was rated R until I just looked it up, and it wasn't. It was rated PG thirteen. Yeah, that's why I'm surprised. It. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely thought it was R. I'm a little surprised Ford versus Ferrari was rated PG-13, but like, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It's, it doesn't influence me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, so we had some <laughs> movie trailers, um, a lot of them. Uh, let's talk about the Black Widow trailer. Finally. Black Widow, baby. Is that what that was? <laughs> I saw somebody edited what? the trailer to have that song in there. And the it was Black Widow good. song? Yeah, it wasn't good. Gonna love you. No. 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 Stop. Um, okay, so <laughs> what did you guys think of this trailer? Mike. Whoever wants to go first. Mike. I'm, Mike. I've been waiting for this movie for such a long time, mm-hmm. and this looks it looks really good. David Harbour as the Red Guardian. Yes. Oh, my God. I love it. It um, still fits. <laughs> <laughs> Families come together now. Um, yeah, it's. I'm, I, I'm a sucker for spy movies, so having mm-hmm. Black Widow in like a spy movie, like Mission Impossible style, yes. Born style, mm-hmm. I'm. I love it. Like, I, I everyone has been saying, like, oh, it's too late for it. You know, they should have made it like a while ago. And it's like, no, this is the perfect time. Because, mind you, here's the equivalent. Uh, for Infinity War, um, they had Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is a prequel that was set during Civil War. So mm-hmm. with Black Widow, it's the same thing here. After Endgame here, we have Black Widow coming out, which sets up uh, during the Civil War time where he, they go in hiding. So she goes back to Russia. And it's like, okay, I'm intrigued. I would, I would, the only thing I'd refute with what you just said is I would not compare this to Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm not comparing it to, I'm not, I'm not comparing the tone of it. I'm comparing. I mean, it's placement because after Infinity War, we didn't know what happened to Ant Man. After Endgame, we know. Ah, right. Like, like, gotcha. But, uh, Scarlett Johansson was on, I believe it was Colbert, and she pretty much said, I would not have been able to play this, do this movie a couple years ago. Mm. Right. Uh, Yeah. It just. Yeah, she said that like the character a couple years ago 
back when it started, like, uh, you know, Iron Man 2, Avengers, and Avengers 2, she would not have been able to do this movie then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really intrigued. I like the, my, my, my personal theory is, uh, things are not going to end well for any of those characters. Uh, I mean, in Endgame, she says that the Avengers is the only family she has. Mm. Uh, right. That could just well, be her being a spy and being secretive. Or... True. But this could, this movie could set up a lot of characters that would hope, hopefully pop up in phase four. Like, I... um, there's, there could be a new Black Widow among the Avengers or some kind of group. Eventually. I... I know, um, God, I can't remember. Florence Pugh playing Yelena? Mm-hmm. I think he cut out. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward <laughs> yeah, uh, to this I, movie. My, um, go ahead. I was, I was just saying, my theory is under that hood, under that Taskmaster hood, it's either Florence Pugh or Rachel Weiss. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those two. Because I, I think it makes... I I don't think they're gonna bring in Florence Pugh to be Black Widow going forward. I think okay. like I would believe it if they did, and I'd be like, it makes sense. I think the more interesting thing is to leave Black Widow in the past and to kind of have Florence Pugh like betray Black Widow and end up being Taskmaster. Okay. Um, I think that'd be the more interesting twist. It would twist <laughs> things up because right now everything just seems really obvious as to where it's going. Uh. If you know anything about the comics, no, I know. But like people who do know about the comics, everything is pretty clear cut from just characters, like mm. who, who they are. You could track almost every single one of their arcs, and Marvel doesn't like to play it that way. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to go the way that people think. Hmm. Well, I'm intrigued. I really like the trailer. Um. I don't know. There, I mean, I don't really know what the story is, which that's fine. Um, but I, yeah, it's a teaser. I'm sold on the cast, honestly. Like, love Florence Pugh, love everything she's done so far. Like, she's had a stellar debut. Like, just, she's great. Um, love David Harbour, definitely (laughs) selling me. Finally, I found out what happened to Hopper. (laughs) Hopper? He went huh? to Russia. It's it did happen. <laughs> he did go to Russia. Just he went know, to Russia. The universe we thought. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. I absolutely. I loved it. I'm super excited for this movie. I was going to see it regardless. Uh. But you know, I'm even more excited. Um. Another kind of movie that kind of felt like a. Mike said this kind of felt like a spy movie. Another movie that's actually a spy movie is the No Time to Die, uh, new James Bond movie trailer. Um, I'll just give my thoughts real fast. I like Roxy. I, well, the only James Bond movies I've seen is Spectre and Skyfall. Um, and I did not like either of them. <laughs> so I just don't think I get James Bond <laughs> very well. And, um, it looks fine. I'm on Josh McCuga's side, and I know, I don't know, I feel like I'm going to get so much hate. It looks fine. I don't know. What do you think, Sean? Sarah, you're wrong! No, um... I'm I, sorry. No, I've only seen a couple of the older Bond movies. Okay. Uh, it looked fine. Ana de Armas looks great, as always. I loved her in Knives Out. 
Uh, Rami Malek looks great. I'm very excited to sure. see him in it. Daniel Craig, kind of wish he was just playing his character Daniel from Knives Craig, Out again. He looks like he wants to die. Like, yeah. he literally looks like how he's sounded in every interview about doing this movie. <laughs> like, I, the whole... And I know that's the character, but he yeah. just looks so dead. I like, kind of really wish this was a Benoit Blanc, who's who he plays in Knives Out. I just wish it was that movie instead. The character of James Bond doesn't really uh, intrigue me. Yeah. Um, I do like the idea of the female 007. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I'm like saying it slowly because I know I'm going to get hate for it. But uh, yeah, who cares? <laughs> I think it's a really interesting idea. And I'm I'm intrigued. I'm more intrigued to see that play out than the actual James Bond part of it. James Bond is my least anticipated part of this movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's everything else around James. Yes, Bond. I agree. And they brought they brought Phoebe Waller Bridge on to write yes. the script, right? I gotta watch Fleabag. Or, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. I'm watching okay. it right now. It's so so good. She's so good. Um, so that makes me super excited. Like I'm really excited uh-huh. to see what she does. Um, I thought she was also acting in it, but I don't think she is. Um, which kind of makes me sad, but that's okay. Maybe she'll have um, a cameo, a little maybe. role. We'll I just think maybe I just don't understand James Bond. I mean, what do you like... think? What What is your understanding of James Bond? Uh, a spot. It's just like he's a spot very... who sleeps with women. Yeah, I, I get mean, that. It's just that's, very like that's about it. There's not a whole lot. I don't feel the joy that I feel yeah. with other spy movie genre like things. It's not Mission like Impossible. I and I love Mission Impossible. I think I'm Mission still Impossible. watching them. I'm on four. Oh, they're great. I love them. I think they're fantastic. But but even like Atomic Blonde like had some kind of like mm-hmm. not heart or so you know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just feel like like Daniel Craig's um uh, mood transfers into these films. Like I can feel that he does not like these mo- or like doing these movies when I watch these movies. So He's I'm a very just, stoic character. Yeah, like I, and I think that's the thing. Maybe I just boring. don't connect with James Bond, like as yeah. a character. Like I don't care, and maybe that's because I haven't seen any of the other ones connected with um, Sean Connery's Bond. You know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. What did you uh, think, yeah. Mike? What did you think of this Bond trailer? I'm excited to see this. Been a fan right. of Bond since the. Uh... You didn't hear anything we just said. <laughs> we yeah, I did awesome. actually. So I, I, I no, no, no. I heard it all. By the way, because by the way, folks listening, I had technical difficulties to look at these with the uh, internet connection. I shut up, Mike. You suck. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so you really like this trailer. So, yes, I'm. I know this is the last film and Daniel Craig's trying to push it out and he's getting to the point because he's retired. He's going back out of retirement and the new double O agent, it's not double O seven. It's a new double oh. O agent. So she just said it's because uh, Daniel Craig's like, you're a double O and it's like, yeah, for a couple of years. Cause he went out, out of retirement. He went to, into retirement and she came in to replace him to fill in the void. Yeah. Uh, but like the rumor is that she's so it's not seven, right isn't that what everybody was reporting that uh, people yeah that, that's the rumor but we don't know what's going to happen in the film we don't know. It, this is going to be a, but 
it's, mm, I wouldn't mind the change because I know they want a female bond f- for a while now, these fans. And mm-hmm. some are like, no, I don't want a female bond, but I'm up for it. I mean, I wouldn't mind a different change in the bond franchise because this is a, a really, really old IP. This is going way back to the sixties yeah. and the concept of bond is just getting stale. Maybe a little yeah. outdated. That's how, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like it is kind of getting outdated and maybe, like I said, like maybe that's why I don't feel connected to these movies because it's such an old IP. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I mean, I understand it. I, I heard you guys saying like, uh, and Makuga was like, ah, uh, and I was like, really? I mean, it's got oh, a great well. action. <laughs> he I, he he really soured my mood when I was watching that. I was like, "Fuck!" Oh. I was like, "Okay, like it, it's got good action." I understand that Bond's not for everyone because the character himself isn't that great. I mean, if you watch from Casino Royale up to now, you can understand his story because he fell in a he fell in love with somebody. Uh, she turns out to do something and breaks his heart and never re- and trusts anybody anymore, which becomes 007, the, all we know. And we end up going through a bunch of villains and arcs, and it, it's it's a convoluted timeline, but it's just like I just when it comes to James Bond, I appreciate what they're trying to do to reinvent the character since the run from the 60s to the 90s, yeah. because that was a whole different era, and that was because of Batman at the time, because Batman Begins was just before Casino Royale, and that kind of rebooted James Bond in, in a new gritty way. So, mm. um, mm-hmm. I will agree. I do like the idea of that. This seems different, just in the way that it is retired Bond coming back into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's really fascinating. I think that's like the only fascinating. Part of the Bond thing because it's different. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I thought it's... he already retired in another movie. Oh, he might so, have. I don't know. Didn't he so, retire in like Skyfall or Spectre, and they brought him back? So, so he, I think, I need to rewatch him to be honest. But I think what I remember is that he uh, pretended to die. Yeah, like he killed him off and then came back. That was part of, I think that was part of Skyfall, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I think, I think but, it's Skyfall. Um, yeah, so, but I, I kind of, it's interesting, these films kind of connect with each other because Casino Royale connects with, uh, led up to Quantum Solace, that's a direct sequel to the first movie. Mm-hmm. That Skyfall, Skyfall you can actually watch without seeing Quantum Solace. Skyfall is actually a great, like, from Casino Royale to Skyfall. And that's a good, like, almost origin story to Bond because you get to know him and his back history with his family. That's the first one I watched was Skyfall. Yeah, that's that's not a bad place to start if you haven't seen Casino Royale, which I highly recommend you go back to see that one because that's a really yeah. good film. Um, and Spectre, the last one, it was it's really forgettable, but if you if people are going back to watch it because this connects directly from Spectre because some of the characters from that film carry over to this film. Yeah. So, I mean, the action looks good, and the new yeah, double yeah, agent, does. the new double agent I'm kind of curious about, where they go with this character. Yeah, and it feels like the writing, the writer, uh, you said Phoebe was on doing this yeah. script, and uh, you can see that there's humor in there, because there's a scene where he comes back, and he's like, 
the guy at the desk is like mm. Bond, and it's like, and he's James is like ah, James Bond. <laughs> so <laughs> I hated so, that. I hated there, that so there, much. There's, so there's gonna be hints of humor in the script. Oh. So I'm kind of excited to see how much humor is gonna be in the script. But I don't know. I'll, I'll there's I'll see what happens. I'm I, I might go see this. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we also had the Crisis on Infinite Earths trailer. I'm not watching any of the CW shows, so I have no idea. What do you guys think? Oh, uh, I haven't watched them in years, but I was watching a little bit of them at the beginning of the season and I fell off. I'm going to watch the crossover. I always watch the crossover. Looks okay. cool. I read that there's still some stuff that they're keeping secretive because mm, there's... Yeah a bunch of people announced and apparently there's still like somewhere around four people that they haven't announced hmm. that are Ooh. like, and I heard they're filming pickup stuff over the break because hmm. I think it's five episodes. I think three episodes air in December and then two episodes air in yes. January. Yes. Oh, okay. So I read that after the three episodes air in December, they're filming stuff in between now and January for those two episodes. Hmm. like stuff that they really don't want to leak. So they're waiting right. for the absolute last minute. Um, who knows? I'm interested. Hmm. Yeah, same. Same. I'm interested because I, like like Sean, I have seen only a few episodes and a few crossovers, but this this is like Endgame for DC, basically. This okay. is going to be epic. It's got so many characters from different universes, multiverses. And destruction, and it's just yeah. interesting to see how everything's interactive. Who dies? Who doesn't die? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Kevin Conroy. Yes, I Kevin Conroy. Live action. Yes. Smallville coming back. Yes, Tom Welling. Tom, Tom Welling. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's it, it's I'm pretty sure Smallville Superman. I'm pretty sure it's him, isn't it? From that I, universe, like it's the Smallville universe that they're getting him from, I think. I believe so. I mean, because the the scene in the trailer is like he goes yeah. up, it's like, "Are you Clark Kent?" And it's got to yeah. be. It has yeah. to be. I mean, because the show didn't like show Superman at the end. There's a tease at the end of the yeah. show where he opens up the thing and he becomes Superman. So it has to be because it's years later, obviously. So it can't yeah. be like, um. Yeah, so it actually comes. It actually it starts on my birthday, so it's Ooh, a good birthday gift. Birthday gift. <laughs> so I Sunday's am. my birthday. Yes, happy birthday, Mike! Happy birthday, this is gonna Mike. come out. It's <laughs> gonna come right after my birthday. Yep, I'm gonna yeah. turn thirty, people. Ooh. Oh, you're so old. Okay, boomer. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm also interested in the the shows it's gonna possibly introduce because apparently we yes. might be getting a Lois and Clark. TV show? Yes, I heard that. No, I, yeah, I thought we were. Yeah, I think it. I think it's like reported. I don't think oh, okay. CW has said anything official. But like, yes, it, it, come on. Like, yeah, I think it's gonna happen. But like Tyler Hoechlin playing Superman, I love him as Superman when he shows up in the Arrowverse. So mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. I'm I'm cool with all of it. Looks cool. I'm excited. All right. I'm intrigued. Maybe I'll watch a couple. Of, I again, I maybe I'll watch it even though I haven't seen anything until yeah, you guys. You should, yeah, yeah, you should. I'd be Just, super confused. <laughs> I I watch every year for the crossover, but I don't keep okay. up with the shows anymore. So I think you should be fine. I think right. yeah, you don't need to have extensive knowledge of the previous episodes or seasons. Mm-hmm. You just need to know the characters 
and how they're going to interact with each other. Basically. Yeah, well, that might be the problem. <laughs> Ask well, us any questions. Okay. Yes, we'll give okay, so I'll watch knowledge. it. Like, you know, if you guys watch uh, TV talk back in the day when Sinead watched Game of Thrones without watching any other Game of Thrones and she talked about it, that's what I'll do. I'll watch okay. this without any knowledge and then I'll ask you all the questions yep. after the this episode. Week. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. We'll yeah. see. It's next week, people. Sunday, Sunday. So Sunday, yep. Sunday, Is it Sunday, one episode Sunday. or two episodes Sunday? I think it, I thought that it was one on Sunday. They started with one and they, I think I'm, yeah, I think it's one on Sunday hmm. to start. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And our last trailer uh, that I watched twice and cried both times. Twice? Holy moly. Holy moly. I don't know I if that was. It twice too. Yeah. You okay. too? Wow. Well, I watched it once by myself and then my husband was watching it. So I was like, oh, here we go. Um, the Mulan trailer, new Mulan trailer. Yes, the official trailer. We got oh, the it's teaser trailer. Yeah, we got the teaser back in July. So, yes. uh, it's been that long and, uh, wow. What did you think, Mike? Give us so, your thoughts. So I love this. I, they're going something different with the live action now for this movie in particular, because they're not making it into a musical like the original. There's no, there's no Mushu the dragon. There's actually a Phoenix now. Yes. That's amazing. And you got the, um, action. Oh my God, the action. Mm. Oh my God. And then yes, it's good. It's emotional because it's a, it's a heartwarming story and it makes you cry as we hear and because in the trailer you hear reflections in the background. Oh my, it's it got so me. touching and it, it just got makes me. me cry. What do you think, Sean? I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Uh, <gasps> don't do this to me. I, I still have no faith in this movie. Uh, you don't have any faith in it. Uh, they, Disney is making a Disney movie without any of the Disney elements. It's going to mm. be rated PG. Mm. It's, it's going to be a war epic that can't take itself too seriously because it's still Disney, but yeah. they're not going to well, be able to have fun either because. No, no. They also, that. what they also, besides the Phoenix, they added a witch. They added. That oh, Falcon. That doesn't, that doesn't help. Okay, no, that's that, the only thing I don't really like. I don't really like. I, lo- I like the witch. I'm just saying oh, a witch being in the movie does not guarantee it's going to be good. Uh, I'm just saying they're just it's it's different. It's different no. than the other live action Disney I, films. I have I, appreciate. I appreciate that it is that. different, but I don't think it's going to be different enough to actually be good. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to end up being some weird Disney movie that's not a Disney movie, and mm-hmm. it's I'm yeah I, I mean the story, I'm still I mean, I mean the story's there. It's just that just doesn't have the but comic relief, gonna, and it doesn't have the any, music. So it doesn't have any of the comic relief, and it doesn't have any of the music. So it's going to be a serious war movie, but it's a Disney movie, and it's going to be yeah. Yeah. PG. So yeah. they can't yeah. make it a serious war movie. Mm, you can I, make it serious. But Disney's not going to make a serious war they movie. They can't be killing people. The, I mean, the, I don't know. It's is the, so. Is the Phoenix going to talk or no? Are we just assuming? Like, I think real... based upon trailer, I think it's more of a spiritual guide for Mulan. So it's related to the um, spirits, like Shmushu was for Mulan. Uh-huh. I hope it's good. I hope. Mm. I, 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 
I'm not getting hopeful though. Hopefully it surprises me, but it, it yeah. Mm. Well, I think it looks beautiful and um I'm obviously I cried two times. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm really excited. Uh I I don't know, it just looks really good and it looks like it has some nods to the trailer in the Disney movie, which I love. And I totally understand your point there, Sean. And now I'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're right. Like, how can you make this like big epic thing if it's going to be PG? But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I still have faith. I mean, I kind of wish it had the music in it because I love the music. Mm-hmm. Like, I lo- probably, mm, I can't say more than it. So. It sounds like it's going to be in the score, though. So yeah, and I, nice. I love that. Yeah, that like, subtle hints. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. That was great. That was yeah. perfect. Absolutely perfect. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then real quick, is anyone watching Watchmen? Because they bring it up uh, every week on the show. I am watching Watchmen. Watchmen's the best show on right now. I want to wait until it finishes before I, uh, I cement this, but it might mm-hmm. be my favorite show of all time. Wow. Um, it is, it's, wow. uh, it's fantastic. I ask if you guys are watching it every week and every week I get told that nobody but Kaylin is watching it. So, uh, it is easily the best show on TV right now. And we'll see how it lands out with the last two episodes coming up, but it's quite possibly the best television show ever made. Did you read the graphic novel? I had not read the graphic novel, but I had read the story i knew the story i just had not read the actual book okay. itself because i've never seen the movie and i've never read mm. the graphic novel so i yeah. was kind of hesitant like am i going to get yeah. this show am i going to understand it but i really want to watch it uh so I, I yeah watch it okay i mean i, I would, found videos that were like explain the story yeah. and what you need to watch because like josh mccuga said that he didn't read yeah. Any of it. And he just watched videos and he understands the show. So I'm just like, I, yeah, I would suggest that I would suggest do that. Uh, watch it this next week, binge it this next mm-hmm. week so that you're ready for next Sunday. Cause I think next Sunday is the finale. Is the finale. Um, yeah. And if look last week, uh, they had one of the biggest twists in the entire show. I was watching it 20 minutes behind people and I got spoiled. Mm. So. Uh. Like, literally, I just started it 20 minutes later. So I was just 20 minutes behind everybody else, is all mm. it was. And um, I got stuff swirled. But yeah, next week and next weekend, the 15th, is the finale. Uh, I would try to get caught up before then and, and okay. watch the, the last episode with everybody else. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to do that. Are you watching it, Mike, or no? I'm assuming no. No. All right. All right, cool. <laughs> Anyway, um, so one question, um, something, I don't know, something I think is a pretty interesting question. Riley said that he got a Jaws board game, uh, thanks to Draft House Games. And Mike asked us if there was a movie that we think should be turned into a board game or that would be good as a board game. I have a really dark answer. Jumanji. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. I was going to say that already exists. Get out. Get out. Uh, Ouija. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have a really. I guess looked over to my left at my stack of movies to like uh-huh. get an idea. Okay, and I came up with a really dark answer, which is Phantom of the Opera. Oh, oh! Explain. Uh, so I got two thoughts right now. All right. One of them is either you're playing as like the Phantom, 
and your goal is to kidnap oh, this no. girl and oh, kill stagehands and stuff. Like it's a it's a it's a bird of the it. opera house. Is it like and Clue? Like, like can it be like Clue? Kind of like I was thinking it could be what I was just saying, or like Clue, where you play as opera house residents mm. and like the the phantom is trying to like one person plays as Christine and they're you know, somebody's Raul, somebody is Madame Jiri, somebody's Meg. Like, uh, you could maybe have somebody be Fiamin or uh, Andre. Mm-hmm. And you're just playing against the Phantom who's trying to kill you all and kidnap Christine. Um, I love that. What do you... <laughs> I like, Look, I thought getting oh into God. abducting 17-year-old girls might be okay, a little dark yeah, well, is what I was thinking. You know, That's why I said this might be a little dark. It's fine. Look, she kind of liked him. It's okay. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's okay. That's my favorite musical. It's fine. Oh, I love that music. It's so good. I, it's, it's fine. What about you, Mike? Have you oh. thought of one? Actually, yeah. I've and I'm just trying to think about how to explain it. I would oh. love to see Inception. Oh. oh. So, so it'd be a, obviously a group of us trying to you know, build dreams. And actually for the board game, there's each levels you have to stack up and you have to be on like, it's like, yours is way more complicated than mine. It it is. It is complicated. Like the movie. So like you go, you go on each, like each dream has a level and and the board gets, goes higher and higher as the dream goes on. You have to make sure you keep it all stable. Do you play Jenga at the end? (laughs) Yeah. Is this this Jenga make? I can play Jenga. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty good at Jenga. Yeah, that'd be like because because yeah, it pops up and it's like Jenga. You keep like making sure the dreams are stable, and if you crash the dreams, you fuck up. Hmm. I don't hate it. <laughs> I like it. it. It's just an idea, and like I thought of it. I was like on the spot. I was like, Inception could work if you plan it out with finer details, like, okay. and you. A board, and you expand on the board because I've seen boards where you actually fold it out and you actually expand the world yeah. of the board. Yeah. So I thought it'd be interesting to expand the board, like elsewise with dreams. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think I have one. That's um, okay. That's okay. So... Yeah. I was just, I just thought oh, it was kind of cool because I was like, no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that movie Jumanji. Well, they actually have a Jumanji. Yeah, they do. They do. It doesn't take you into the game. No, exactly. no, it, no, no, no. Um, I have tickets to see the the new one. Do you? Yeah. Oh, good for you. No, I just watched. Version. I just watched the first new one a couple nights ago for the first time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked it. It's yeah, right. it's good. It's it's yeah. good. I'm it's fine. See the other one now. I love. The first one, like I grew the, up. The original. Yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah, watching the original. The original. I, oh man, yeah. I grew up on Zathura. Okay. Ah yes, yes. John Favreau. Yeah. John Favreau. Yeah. John Favreau. Oh. John Favreau, and he's doing the Mandalorian. He is doing the Mandalorian. Look at that connects together because because on the Mandalorian there's Baby Yoda. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> Just, you're terrible, Sarah. You're, you're terrible. Oh Guys, I'm so tired. Okay, before we wrap up this show, uh, we're going to play the same Would You Rather that they played um, and maybe add our own questions. I don't know, but we have 
all of the same ones. Um, so it's would you rather blank or watch baby Yoda die, which is so sad. Um, okay. Would you rather go to the dentist or watch baby Yoda die? Go to the dentist. Go to the dentist. Okay, cool. Um, would you rather do your taxes early or watch baby Yoda die? Do your taxes early. Taxes. Taxes. Okay. Uh, spend a week without your phone or watch baby Yoda die. (laughs) Spend a week without your phone. Mike? 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 Watch baby Yoda die. No! Mike! My mom. I, I had to pause there because I didn't want to see your reaction. A week without your phone? I can't. I can't. I can't. I've tried. How does Baby Yoda die? But Baby, he gets crushed under an anvil, and as it tries to crawl away, <laughs> no. live another day, no. it stares at Mike with those eyes, <laughs> and it just looks at Mike and goes, Save me, <laughs> as it fucking takes its last breath I, I would and laugh dies so on the ground in front of I, Mike. I would laugh That's so what you hard. Did, Mike. You said you would laugh so hard. He's so not even watching Mandalorian. Why is he playing? He doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. Um, only eat deviled eggs or watch Baby Yoda die. I've never had deviled eggs, but they smell oh, terrible. I love deviled eggs. Um, I deviled guess eggs, I'll, baby. I, I'll only eat deviled eggs, and if I really don't like them, I'll just, you know, I'll kill myself or something. <laughs> oh, wow, that, that went dark. God, too real. That was darker than your phantom. Yeah, I know. Anything to say, Baby Yoda. Come on. What about you, Mike? Uh, I can, I can deal with deviled eggs. I mean, you can make different kinds of deviled eggs too. It doesn't have to be yeah. just generic you can just spice them up however you want just as long as it's a devil egg so um swim with a great white shark watch baby yoda die swim with a great white shark yes i'll swim swim with them why not they don't really attack like they're not super aggressive this next one okay um this is so gross brush my teeth with spiders or watch baby Dota, yeah, baby Dota. Watch baby, baby Dota, Dota. <laughs> baby Dota. Uh, I'm sorry, baby Yoda's dead. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, same. baby Yoda. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's gross. Okay, so never see bad boys for life, or watch baby Yoda die. Never see bad boys for life. Who never fuck? see bad boys. N- for never life. see bad boys for life. Okay. I know Makuga, so, Makuga. Well, you know, I know. Yes. So I'm gonna change this to a movie that you want to see. So bad. No, don't do this. So, <laughs> Sarah, don't Sean, do this. What movie would it be that you wouldn't see so bad? Uh, you anticipated. You uh, have to give me a real answer. Do not BS this. Uh, I was Star surprised Wars. that. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Star Wars? It's Star Wars. It's watch Star Wars. Never uh, watch Star Wars or watch Baby Yoda die. Uh. I'm gonna be real with you guys right now. If somebody came up to me and had Baby Yoda in their hands and they said, if you take a pillow and suffocate this thing (laughs) right now in front of me, I will take you to go see The Rise of Skywalker right now, I'd kill Baby Yoda. Are you kidding me? Uh, oh my I, god! I say that no, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I probably. Is he making his little like baby cooing? Yeah, sound? no. I I'm gonna be honest. 
Like, <laughs> thinking about it right now, I'd be like, yeah, I'd kill Baby Yoda. Like, that thing is so it. cute. But if put in the moment, there's no way I'd be able to kill Baby Yoda. Yeah. So no. I'd, uh, no, I, I'd never see Star Wars. You don't have to kill him, you just have to watch him die. Yeah, you watch him die. That's yeah. still, I can't, that's still... I'd what about you, Mike? What's your out. movie? Black Widow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Black Widow, baby. Is it also Star Wars? He can like never funny. see. He can never see the Lion King remake again. <laughs> <laughs> damn, that's a running gag now. God damn it. Twenty nineteen, baby. 20. Mike, <laughs> best movie of twenty nineteen. <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Mike, the answer to that one is so easy. Never watch The Lion King 2019 again. Watch Baby Yoda die. Nah. <laughs> no, you're just I, saying dude, that. I'm, I'm giving you the original Lion King. No, I know. He's, he's just saying and that. <laughs> I watch everything Lion King, so that's right, the comics. I'm going to have to announce on this show that Bird <laughs> is canceled. No! <laughs> I'm never I'm... doing a show with Mike again. Oh my god, <laughs> no. Fire Mike. No. Get it trending. Oh my god, I'm. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Okay. Mulan. Yeah. Baby Yoda died. Uh, never seen Mulan. Ooh. Okay. Oh. I love Baby Yoda. I love Baby Yoda too. Did I you watch today's episode? Yes, I have. We just so watched. It. So I really like this episode. I I know a lot of people don't. I um, thought it was fine. Yeah. What did you think, Mike? You watching this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm listening to the music more. So the music's good. Great. Yeah, listen to the scores. It, it's um, my least favorite oh, episode, but still, it was good. It's, it was it was fine. One last one. We're just gonna skip uh-huh. over one. One last one. Trim a random person's toenails. So that's my little look into it. Trim a random person's toenails. Yeah. Uh, I can wear like a mask. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, people do it all the time for a living, so, you know, it's fine, whatever. And then one more that I forgot, which is my favorite one, (laughs) bringing it full circle, baby, would you rather drink from a diva cup or watch Baby Yoda die? What's in the diva cup? Blood. What do you think is in the diva cup? No, hang on a second. Saying saying drink from a diva cup just says that there is a liquid in the diva cup. Drink blood. Drink drink blood from a menstrual cup. How's that sound? (laughs) Uh, uh, um, Bottoms up. Bye, baby. No, that's not your answer. Bye, baby Yoda. That's that's nasty. <laughs> so good. Ew. Oh um, God! What a great way to end this show. <laughs> oh, hey, Josh, I'm so sorry. I tried to not let this happen. I tried <laughs> sorry, my Josh. hardest, man. This is what happened when you put a female as host of your show. You know, we just have to. Put, no, just kidding. Um, Sarah, this is awesome. <laughs> Sarah, misogy- misogynistic language coming out of Sarah. Secretly a sexist. Who knew? Secretly, this is my last show, guys. Secretly I did not do well in my review last. This is the end. It's, it's like. It's like what that one guy, I can't remember what, but he was guesting with Scott Mance on live, and he was like, Scott Mance, secretly racist. Oh, Greg oh, Alba. Uh, Greg, yeah, Greg Alba. Alba. Secretly yeah. racist. 
Oh, okay. So, yeah, well, I'm not. Let's not throw that out there. <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, anyway, okay, so we're going to wrap up the show now. Mike, where can people find you? <laughs> they can find me on Twitter, at Mike Mixtape, and Sean and I have a... I think we still have a podcast called Go uh, <laughs> called Into the Grid, a Power Rangers podcast. Uh, just go to anchor.fm slash into the grid and listen to our show. And Twitter as well as, as Go Into the Grid. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, Sean, um, where and, can they well, find I, you? <laughs> I just wanted to say in, on Into the Grid, uh, we just had David Beyond that's coming up, I think, in a couple weeks. That'll come yep. out maybe next week. And then somehow Mike convinced me uh this next week we're having jay wade on yeah because because sarah flaked on us so i did not flake (laughs) yes you did sarah signed a contract too like i did not i did not hit her i did not (laughs) (laughs) sarah signed a contract she was like yeah i'm gonna be on the show as a guest Uh, you know we picked out a couple recording dates, you know, a couple episodes, and uh, she signed on as a as a recurring guest, and then she broke her contract. So That's we are true. threatening legal action right now. I was actually I'm advised bored. by our lawyer not to be on this show today because it's a conflict of interest, but I did it for the fans. I did it for I you did. guys. So even though I'm not supposed to be here with Sarah, I'm here, and uh, Sarah- Sean, where can lawyer. the people find but you? On Twitter, you can find me at Sean underscore AFK and also on this podcast feed you can uh listen to me talk to Jay Wade every week about the Mandalorian. Oh my god. I record that tomorrow morning. I'm very excited. I get up very early to record that. By very early I mean ten o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so early. Um it's you can follow I I mean I've been getting up at like five every morning this so whew. um you can follow me on Twitter at S S E A B O C K. That's S C Bach. Um yeah, I'm super tired. I don't know what's happening. Um you can also find this show and more shows that we've mentioned at the Merkwin and Movie Blog feed on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, and Anchor. Just go to Anchor, it's so much easier. And you can find the episodes on YouTube on the Merkwin and Movie Blog channel as well. That's going to be it for us this week. Um, Yeah, and we'll see you next week. Okay, bye.